everybody. It is a Friday. Welcome back to the Swing the Toy podcast, and we are having another excellent week. End of the week, I'm Tommy Franks, and everyone is here again today, and it's going to be another fun one, as a lot of crazy stuff is going on around the league, and especially in Toronto, where we will get to momentarily. Uh, but first, guys, what is going on? What's happening? Tyler Wade is back, baby. And we got that too. Tyler Wade is coming back to the Yankees. I mean, are we surprised at that? Or I mean, I mean, he got DFA'd. He was on waivers, and the Yankees picked him up, I guess, for cash considerations and a player to be named later. Um, I'd like to see who that player is. I mean, but, it didn't shock me. When I saw him being DFA'd, I'm like, I'm not going to be surprised if we just snag him and then, like, 24 hours later or less, I get the notification on my phone. So. You know, it's good. Obviously, he's not with the big league club, but, you know, he'll probably be with them soon. Well, I mean, do we? if he comes back to the big league club, my view is that he can only be used for, like, a extra innings or a late inning uh, base runner situation. They'll, they'll probably end up calling him up with the September call-ups. They'll probably pull him up and then another pitcher. Just to get, just to give some of our guys a bit of rest, normally, especially around the infield. That, that's my guess, at least. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I could, I could totally see that. But Tyler Wade is back in New York. He's playing for the Yankees. Looks like he had a good time in California, uh, where he's from originally, and I guess it didn't pan out for the Angels. They weren't too happy. But I will say Tyler Wade is not the only problem the Angels have um, with that team. Uh, there's a lot more. Uh, problems. I'm not saying Mike Trout or Shohei Otani or anything like that, but just in general, team culture, I don't know what it is. But Tyler Wade wasn't the only problem with the Angels' deep, deep, deep struggles. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Tyler Wade is coming back to New York for the Yankees. But uh, another firing situation, probably another situation, guys, where you don't blame on the manager. It's more of like a sacrificial guy, a sacrificial situation, rather. Charlie Montoya is fired as the uh, manager of Toronto. I mean, they're they're off to a 42 and 46 start. They have been awful since Anthony likes to cite the Vlad Guerrero three run home three home run game against the Yankees. Basically, uh, that's kind of been Toronto's struggle ever since then, and it's been a downhill slope. And is Charlie Montoya really the reason why the Jays are struggling as bad as they are? I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, though, it's like. Every manager and coach in professional sports, they're always the scapegoat, right? They're always the first ones to be kind of let go because you sure. can't let go of the players. But, you know, I, you know, I've said it before on this on this show. I mean, you know, they did a lot of big signings, and that's great. You know, you know, I think the two biggest signings besides Springer um, are Kikuchi and Barrios, and those are those guys have not panned out to what they hoped for. You know, Barrios was supposed to be a guy that they could slot in as a potential number two guy and really be, you know, kind of anchored down that rotation. Kikuchi should be able to slide in at number three and potentially be like a 2B to Barrios, and both those guys are not doing anything of what they were uh, potentially asked to do, you know, and they got to live with Barrios' contract for another six years, and right now it's looking like one of the worst contracts we're going to see by pitcher. Like, it's going to be in that conversation, potentially, if he doesn't figure it out. And then Kikuchi, I mean, he's from Japan. You know, obviously he's having his struggles, unfortunately, so... It's not looking good. And, you know, and Vlad, I said it, ever since the three-home run game, he has not been the high-average power guy that he was last year. He's kind of been the low, mid-average guy who could still hit bombs. Like, he actually cracked one a couple days ago that was, like, below his knees. I'm like, how do he hit it at dead center? But, um, 
that's besides the point. They're they're five games above 500, but that results in third in a very high-powered AL East division, which is not what was expected of them going into the season. What did I say? Did I, did I say they're? You said five games above. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you. I, yeah, no, yeah, no, said, yeah, You messed it up. Yeah, I was like. 47 and 42. My apologies. I yeah. thought they were under 500. No. But no, either no. way, it's still a horrible start for Toronto. Um, for their standards, be, not for their standards, they haven't really done anything. But as far as postseason baseball is concerned. Yeah, it's their cockiness. I know so, I have so many friends that are Blue Jays fans um, in my betting community and things like that. And my heart goes out to them. I mean, they were they were told a bunch of lies, I guess, about this this superstar hype team, supposedly. And they're just struggling really, really badly, uh, both on the pitching side and the offensive side. They can hardly beat the Kansas City Royals, by the way, which we'll get to that momentarily. I guess speaking of... Kansas City guys and they're who they're missing. Well, let's go through the let's go through the list. Their best player right now, and, and tell me if you guys disagree. Their best player right now in Kansas City that's in Toronto at the moment is um, uh, Bobby Wood Jr. Am I wrong? Current best hitter in Kansas City that's in Toronto right now. Well, yeah, you're not wrong. Because yeah. of, you know, Whit Merrifield, you know, he's not playing. And, you know, Ben Attendee and, you know, and Salvi's hurt. So, yeah, it's him. Yeah, I mean, no other. I mean, that's so let's go through the list. Perez, IL. Okay. Not relevant to what we're about to discuss, but okay. Ben Attendee, he's not vaccinated. He can't go um, to, to Canada. Can't cross the border. Whit Merrifield, is he in that list too, guys? I think he is, right? No, Merrifield's hurt. Oh, he's just hurt. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's just hurt. He's just hurt. Okay. So with all that in mind, and now that the Royals are missing, what about Santana? Injured? He got traded. Oh shoot! Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, that that just happened, didn't it? So yes, with all that in mind, there is you know a lot of key key pieces for the Royals that are missing, uh, but at the same time, guys, I mean, get to the get into the main discussion here because. There is a chance Toronto can make the postseason that last spot in the wild card as, as it as it stands at this moment. I think is it still a three way tie for for that um, for a third wild card spot, and for second. The second and third spot, yeah, I believe mm -hmm. it's a third way tie. Yeah, still a three way tie. Okay, mm -hmm. and I have a feeling the Baltimore Orioles will be possibly in contention. Whoever thought I would say that, but that's the possible situation. And it's not a laughing matter anymore, the Baltimore Orioles being in that position. We just laughed about it last week. Now they're all of a sudden a team that you can't mess with. And with that, and with, with all that said, guys, there's the possibility of home postseason games in Toronto. And there's quite a few Major League Baseball teams. The Yankees are that one special team that has everybody, you know, vaccinated to enter Canada. And this is not the discussion I wanted to have, but it is relevant for the postseason. If Toronto plays home games, there are going to be a lot of road teams, like in Toronto, I mean. There's going to be a lot of road teams that can't bring their guys, the unvaccinated players. I mean, is that is that this is a worthy discussion to have. Are the Blue Jays going to be allowed to play in Toronto in the postseason? Yeah, but judge and this and I guess this is the this is not the debate. This is actually no, this is the debate because do you I'm not talking about the policy itself. We all have different opinions on the policy. I well I don't think anyone here agrees with Canada's policy of still having, you know, to cross the border and do all that kind of stuff, get vaccinated to go. But aside from that, uh, to to get it for the team's sake, 
is it worth it to get to get it for the team's sake? Or is there such a thing as saying, yeah, you have an individual right to do so, but if you don't get it, you're not looking out for the team and you're not looking out for the best interest of whatever it takes to get your team across that finish line. Is that I mean, worthy of a discussion? I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, I go back to what I had to go through as a Nets fan with Kyrie. <laughs> I was just about to, you know, yeah. It's like, you know, I suffered through the whole season dealing with his utter BS for his, for his you know, his rights. And, uh, you know, I get it, right? You do have a right. But at the same time, right, you're playing this bigger than your life sport. And same goes for Ben Attendee and whoever else isn't vaccinated when they go to Toronto. Look, the game is unfortunately bigger than you. It's just how it is. And you, I said it before, you're fortunate enough to play this game and, you know, you're you're only allowed a certain window, right? It's not your whole Mm -hmm. life. You're playing this game max if you're that good of a player, 20 years max. If you're yeah. that good, right? Yeah. It's usually like you're looking at maybe 10, 15 years for, for like the average player at best. So, you know, I feel like you want to play as much as you can. And, you know, for obviously Kyrie, beat that beat that dead horse. But, you know, you know my views on that. But to Benetendi, it's like, you know, do you want to, you know, it puts you at a kind of a disadvantage of like your trade value now because, you know, the Yankees could have got you. I don't know if he wanted to go potentially, but right, you go to a winning team, you'd be an impact player right away, and now the Yankees are like, all right, unfortunately, we really can't trade for him because of what his status is. Now, we all know that maybe Toronto might make it in the playoffs, so we could not have to face him, but you don't want to run that risk. What if Toronto gets hot all of a sudden and they and, and they and they have the second-place uh, finish in our division and our wild-card team? Then we might it's have to play possible. them. So and it's very possible. They just can't make that risk. Yeah. And everything Anthony just said there, I should clarify. What Everything Anthony just said does not necessarily mean that he's agreeing with the policy. Uh, I just want to make that clear for anyone listening. It's not that he's agreeing with the policy, saying that the policy itself is right. Anthony's main point is, okay, these rules are in place. You're not going to change them yourself. And certainly no government's going to listen to players. We've seen that happen multiple times on multiple occasions. But it's about the fact that, you know, there's there's more to it than just you. Um, and if you sign up for something like this, then you got to put up with what they throw at you. And yeah. and that's really to clarify that. So anyone who wants to come out and say Anthony's more in favor of the policy, that's not he's not advocating for either side in this. He's just saying um, that there's more. it's more of a team effort. Um, in that sense, because you're playing, you're in a, you're literally in a career. Um, yeah, and, and and you're and you're jeopardizing, it and it's like it's not a big deal now. I really think Toronto should lift it because you know the rest Canada, of the, yeah. The, basically, I believe the rest of the world did to an extent, or at least come up with a way where it's like, okay, like it's okay if you're not vaccinated, but like you need to have a negative test. You know, like there's got to be some will around. I think that's the point. It's got to be eventually. A, they're considering that, 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 I think. I, I mean, I would hope. Like, we're two years past it. I mean, it's still a thing, don't get me wrong, but, like, we're the, the peak of it, it's over. It's now under control. Right. And so. that's – and aside from all that, you know, I think it is worthy more of a discussion of, of saying, like Anthony said, what if the Jays get hot? What if the Jays become this insane team, you know, second like, – like he said, second in the division, second in the wild card race, and all of a sudden – they're in the playoffs and they get really freaking good. Let's just say that happens. And all of a sudden, you got all these teams. I'm not I'm not putting the New York Yankees in this area because they don't fit this category, uh, thankfully. But, you know, teams with superstars that are not vaccinated. 
And all of a sudden, Toronto's having these home games in the postseason. They get this home field advantage against a couple teams. And they steal quite a few games. Is that wor- is, is that a legitimate way to win a World Series? To have your home games with, with against teams where superstars could be unvaccinated? It, it's not. It, it's not a legitimate way. And I'm... I'm I'm gonna stay away from the politics of it as sure. much as I can. Sure. But I mean, you you look at it in terms of like, all right, we have some players that would not be able to travel up there, and there are some hot commodity free agents right now, uh, Benintendi especially, mm-hmm. would not be able to travel up there in that case. So it's impacting the free agent market as well. Mm-hmm. Putting more pressure on teams as to, all right, do we get this guy, even though he might be so much better than the other guy, even though we might not even be able to use him in a do-or-die situation? So it, it, it just adds another layer of complexity to it, and especially for the AL East teams who have to play Toronto on a regular basis and may have to play them in the playoffs. We can Mm -hmm. say that for every single AL East team now, Baltimore included. They have to start thinking about that. If there are going to be buyers um, going into the trade deadline, is that a risk that you want to take? I agree. And that's... Yeah, and I I, I don't think it's a risk that teams should take. I really don't. I I think as far as should the Blue Jays be allowed to play in Toronto. I think that's a decision that all of the all all of the team owners and Rob Manfred have to come together and put and pull an emergency meeting and say, okay, we're gonna vote on this. Are we gonna allow Toronto to play at home or are we gonna make them play somewhere else? Just make and them think, play in Buffalo. Yeah, you, you you can do that. That would be the alternative pitch, but put it put it to a league vote mm-hmm. of should this be allowed or not? Because it's ba- it's basically a temporary relocation is what it is. So right. is that, I mean, you, you know how some people are going to vote, you know. Everyone in the AL East is going to say, yeah, they should play in Buffalo. Toronto is going to say, no, that's BS. But And it's not, and look, it's not the Blue Jays' fault that this no. is in existence. It's the Canadian government in Ottawa. And again, I'm not going to get into that too much, but because we all have our feelings on it. Um, but it's, 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 again, it's something that, you know, you're not going to change and trying to stay away from the politics, but it is kind of important to the discussion. I hear a lot of people talk about players trying to protest and how, um, you know, they, they should get a lot of credit for taking a stand, but at the same time, you're protesting to a government that didn't even listen to truckers invade the streets of the city, the, the capital city. And the government, the federal government of Canada didn't even uh, bat an eye or even consider at all caving into the pressure and changing the rule, the federal vaccine mandate to come into Canada. So with that being mentioned, what makes Major League Baseball players who have less significance on the world than the truck drivers who impact supply chain, why did Major League Baseball players think that they can make, that can that they can make change with this by staying unvaccinated and just speaking out against it. Because it's very clear that the Canadian government's against it. Am I wrong? Or against the, against the idea of changing it. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, also, that's my I, thing. Also, I, I just want to point out, I had no idea Ottawa was the capital of Canada. So when you said <laughs> Ottawa, I was like, did he slip? 
And I, I had to look it up. I'm like, is Ottawa the capital of Canada? I, I always thought it was Montreal because Montreal is like new. the city. You always learn you know, something new like, here. It, it, yeah, it's like New York City pretty much of Canada. I mean, I, I, I look at this Royal Series and how Benetani can't play. And he's he's obviously very impactful. But now the Yankees can't pursue him because of this. And I think, you know, and especially considering we just had this whole thing on Joey Gallo, you know, on Tuesday, where basically we made the case. I think Anthony made a good case, and Jeff did too, for trading Joey Gallo midseason, potentially for another outfielder who probably won't have the same type of defense as Joey Gallo, but certainly can bring a better impact at the plate than he did and does um, and, on a nightly basis, at least hopefully as a contact hitter. But that's the whole thing just doesn't make sense to me. Well, either way, Jeff, I want to talk about the low A, um, the low A ball thing. With there's a new anti shift rule now. Are they are they banning the shift in in single A baseball? Uh, they're getting pretty damn close to it. So what they so you, you know what the what the current anti shift rule would be is you can't load one side of second base with three or four players. You can't do that anymore. It's a it's a thing MLB's been pushing against for years now, and they're finally implementing it. Low A ball now has a rule that goes beyond that. Instead of just like a straight line going up the middle of second base, now it takes the corner edges and it draws a 90-degree line in those directions. So there's like a mini diamond behind second base that nobody can occupy pretty much so now it's so now it's stopping even like someone directly behind second base and like a step away from it and then someone playing second and first base normally it's stopping even that okay so this is something that pretend they're experimenting with i'm sure the players most of the players are in support of this they're only in support of it right when they're the when they're the uh, de- they're only support of banning the shift when they're the offensive team but as- yeah when the defense, it's like, ah, oh, let us do what we want. I don't even know how you'd regulate. Like, I, I see what they're doing here. But in terms of Major League Baseball, I feel like whenever there's a new rule, their players are going to find a way to get around it. There's going to be a loophole in it. This ain't going to be perfect. Yeah, well, what 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 I imagine people are going to do is, is if there's, like, a guy on second base, and if you want to poach a little bit, then they're going to get right up to second base you know, to keep the runner honest, and they're going to take their sweet-ass time, sorry, their sweet-ass time going back <sighs> to it. Yeah. Um, and and they're pretty much just going to be playing a shift. They're just going to take forever to go back there. That's that's all they're going to do. And they'll say, oh, I, I was just making sure he wasn't going to pick them off or anything. That's all. What if they, what if they couldn't go to a certain – in other words, what if Major League Baseball – I could see Manfred doing this. What if he, Manford put them in like quadrants, <laughs> first, second, short, and third base? Put them in quadrants. What, was what was was this going to be four square? Are we? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I could see Manford doing this. Do like four quadrants, right? And you can't leave your quadrant until um the ball is in play. Until the ball, the, until the ball <laughs> hits the bat. Is that something Rob three, Manford would do? Three, three second violation, automatic ball. All right, this is the new game. What would Rob Manford do? That's going to be the new thing. <laughs> that'd be uh that'd be golden. Um either way. But that's that's going to be um that's going to be quite the um I would like to see it. I would like to see the shift banned this year. I th- really thought it was. 
but that's whatever. Okay, let's let's go over buyers and sellers. Obviously, Jeff, uh, we talked about Ben Attendee and and the situation where he can go pretty much anywhere. But the Yankees, obviously, there's a fine line. Can we start? Let's start with the Yankees and move, I guess, to the big teams. Let's do that. Do they? Are, do they, are the Yankees going to be sellers at, in, anywhere besides the outfield? No, they. the The only place they're going to sell is Joey Gallo. That's it. But they'll, in the grand scheme of things, they're buyers. Let's cut. Try and let's try and cut half the teams then. Anthony and Dom, if you want, if you want to hop in, go ahead. The top teams, the top teams, top tier in baseball, with regard, who's going to be sellers of all the top teams, or buyers for that matter? Who will be the biggest buyers and biggest sellers of the top teams? The biggest buyers. I yeah. mean, I think. Shout I, I think. I think you gotta look at the National League. I, I think any of them could be the biggest buyers: the Mets, the Braves, the Padres, the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. For me, I would. For me, it would have to be either the Braves or the Mets, just because of how kind of tight that division is for like the lead. One of those teams is gonna be a buyer, and obviously, gonna be good old Mets and Uncle Steve because you know. They're supposed to get to the World Series this year. That was the prediction going into it for them. Mm-hmm. And anything less than that's a failure. Obviously, it's the same thing for for the Yankees as well. But for them, it's more of a factor because of who they sign, the projections, how they were going into the season, and every sports book known to mankind. You know, it was, you know, and, and Steve Cohen has a big mouth, as he should, because he's flexing all this money, and this team's doing well. But you gotta, but you gotta, you know, if you want to make it to the postseason, you gotta figure out, okay, what's our what's our weakness? I don't really know what their weakness is really. I mean, honestly, it's like maybe like it's injuries. So then in that case, all right, maybe just just get some more pitching depth in the in the event that one of them possibly goes down again in Degrom or Scherzer. But that's who I think is a buyer. And so for and the Braves too, just for the fact that. They gotta worry about the Mets, and they gotta compete with them. And if they have one slip up, the Mets, the Braves could come right back on their tail and take over the division. Yep. How far back are the Braves from the Mats, by the way? Just um, it's they are like two and a half. Two, they are yeah, two and a half. Yeah, yeah, you're right, two and a half. Well, Dom still has a prediction of the Braves to win the division, and that still looks. I, I still think it looks good. Not gonna lie, of the Braves to win that and at least two and a half. I could back. see, I, I could see the Angels being enormous sellers right now they they just cannot put a team together that can consistently stay good they just can't they have a generational talent in Mike Trout and another one in Shohei Otani and they're completely squandering both of their careers it's pathetic really and mm-hmm. I don't I, I don't know how long you can mire in the mediocrity that is the Los Angeles Angels, not even mediocrity, without dedicating yourselves to a complete rebuild. Yeah, that's what they. That's really what they need to do. And, and, and is there's a sorry. Yeah, and they're 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 just not doing it. I don't I don't think they're going to go so far as to get rid of either Trout or Otani. You don't just do that. But right. I definitely think anyone that isn't named Mike Trout or Shohei Otani can and should be. Um, available, especially, especially when you look to like Taylor Ward, who 
completely dominated the first month or two of the season before getting hurt for that stretch of time. But I I think you need to look at the Angels to start giving away pieces, honestly. And is that suggestion including getting rid of maybe Mike Trout and Shohei Otani or building around one or both of those guys? Obviously, you want to keep them, but I know I know there was a bit of dissatisfaction on Otani's part mm-hmm. about playing for a team that's not. So I think if he becomes more disgruntled at that, then we might see him start planting the seeds to get out of L.A., which I wouldn't blame him. But, you know, that that's not something that's going to get figured out this season. That's going to be uh... – Yeah, I, um, I'm curious now as to – as to that, what they do exactly at the, at the death. Do you think that? Well, I mean, do you think they'll find an actual manager? No. Forget the trade deadline. You think they'll find an actual manager instead of Nevin? No. No, they're gonna keep Phil Nevin. I don't think it's so much as the fact they're gonna keep Phil Nevin. I think it's gonna be more a matter of they're gonna get stuck with Phil Nevin. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. That organization has bigger problems, and you know, I think like a manager change, like these manager changes, like it's not. Like, that's not even the problem. Like, I don't even know what their problem is. Like, I really don't. Like, it, it's so hard to figure, like, figure out this team. You have two of the best guys on the planet on your team who should be able to, like, carry your team. You'd think that would work, but no, it can't. You guys can't even lead your division. It makes no sense. Like, I don't mm-hmm. get it. You can't even push for a wild card spot. Yeah, like, it's, like, in their pitching staff, like, I know, like, it's kind of fizzled out, but, and I know everyone says it's the pitching, it's the pitching, but, like, like, is it the clubhouse? Like, is Trout really leading this team? Like, like is he? Like, I, like I, I, just, I, I don't know. Right. Like, I just yeah, don't yeah, get yeah. it. Like, how can you not be competitive every night or at least have a winning record? Like, you go on the, one of the worst losing streaks in, you know, in your franchise, and I think, yeah, in franchise history, and when they were doing that, Trout was awful. Mm-hmm. Oh, for 25 or something like that. Yeah, so it's like, all right. Is Trout all – I know he's a great talent, but, you know, does he have the tangibles of being a leader and can rally the team? I don't think so. And I think that's where the I mean, problem lies. it's the lies. game of baseball, though, no? Yeah, yeah but, like, but like, it's been going like this for how many years with the Angels and they still haven't figured it out with him? Right. It's Yeah, it's more of a management. I mean, it's ridiculous. They, The Angels, they did it again this past offseason with Syndergaard. They go after guys that are injury-prone or a little bit past their prime. They overpay them, and then they don't pan out. It's just they're a very confusing franchise for sure. They A couple years back, I think they had a Jose Iglesias, which was kind of weird too uh, at the time. Of course, he hits a three-run nuke against us. And, uh, yeah, the Angels' front office is just straight-up weird. Uh, and I get it. Otani is a phenomenal two-way player of this generation's Babe Ruth potentially better but where do they want him because there was a time where they had him in the outfield because of injuries do they pitch him this every fifth start or do they it's just so complicated with that team yeah and Trout's injury prone too now yeah yeah he is but I think I think to your point about Mike Trout being a leader or not you and I really can't believe I'm about to say a positive thing about this guy, but you need to look at a guy like Jackie Anderson. You yeah, really uh, do. Sure. Because he, that, 
that team rallies around him, love him, hate him, whatever, you have to admit, that team will rally around him as soon as any negative publicity happens. We saw it firsthand. We saw it firsthand, literally. So that that's a leader, in my opinion. You can hate his attitude. You can hate the kind of person or player that he is, whatever. But you have to admit and respect the fact that he's a clubhouse leader. You get rid of him, and they become infinitely worse just based off morale. Don't even regard the on-field, the on-field uh, playing. Yeah, I mean, the thing with me, the thing. I mean, you guys all said it so well. So I, it's it's just hard with the Angels because it's it, they find a way to squander everything. But the problem with also the whole Trout situation is, you're kind of you kind of have a gun to your head to build around him, because of his contract. They signed into this 12-year, 426 million dollar deal. That's which, how, which, which was the right move. It was the sure, right move. but now they have a gun to their head to build around him because now at this point, like I'm not saying Trout's a bad player. He's most certainly not, and, and I'm, you know, it's well, he's not living up to his contract because of his injuries, and that's realistic. But yeah. who's gonna take that on? If you trade him somewhere, that team's gotta take on a portion of the contract, if not the rest of it. That's a lot of money, and whoever takes him on can't build much around Trout. That's the problem with these high, these high contracts is that, you know, and I say the same about Tatis, you make it impossible for anyone else to get paid what they want to get paid there and to have a successful uh, team. It's so difficult. Look at Miami with Stanton. Right, exactly. Miami couldn't, couldn't, build, couldn't build around Stanton because Stanton wanted so much money. Yeah, and then and, and then it's the rich get richer thing, you know? The only teams that can afford to get him and pay guys like that are these high-market teams. New York teams, L.A. teams, yep. Boston, you know, yep. all these high—Chicago. Yes, know? 100%. Absolutely. And it's, and it's not—you know, I wonder—I I wonder right now, you know, it's, it's just really difficult how— how you see it, but I, I, I think you know. Aside from all of what you said about Miami, there are teams that like I, not in baseball, but there are teams like because they have salary caps. Like I got, should I mention the Tampa Bay Lightning? Should I mention the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Teams that will have superstars take pay cuts for the sole reason. Forget the whole uh, state income tax deal. I know there's no state income tax in Florida. That's that's besides the point. But you have teams that that take pay cuts. For this reason, to have, to have more stars come in to build around that, it's not taking advantage of a salary cap. It's because they have a cap that they have to do those kind of things. Baseball doesn't have a salary cap, so you can have monopolies financially, like the Yankees, like the Red Sox, like the Cubs, like all these other big markets, like the Dodgers. But yeah, yeah it's it, all it's all about a luxury tax, right? It's all about uh-huh. are the owners willing to pay the added tax of whatever bracket they hit on there based on where the, their payroll is. There mm-hmm. is no real cap. Like, oh, once you hit that, you have no more money to spend. And then it's right. like there's not this thing where it's like, okay, well, they're on my team, so I could technically still pay them. It's just I have to just pay an exuberant amount of tax money. Like, it is like that, but it isn't. So, you know, I don't know. And also, to reiterate the Angels, the Angels since May 25th are 11-31. and 31. That's the worst record in baseball since that date. 
And you and Ant, did you see the record that they had ever since the brawl with the Mariners? They're like two and eleven, or yeah, one no. in, or one in one in twelve or something ridiculous. No, no leadership. And I, as much as you want to blame management, the management is to blame for this. I do agree with you, Dom, on that because it's been like this for the last decade and a half. Ever since kind of like the '09 run they had when they lost to the Yankees in the ALCS, like ah. it's it's management and 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 players and you know Trout. Unfortunately, that that's a flaw for him. I'm sorry. It's like mm-hmm. you got. I don't know. You just gotta. The superstar is to blame. As, as great a talent as he is, as much as I love the guy, I think he's great, good guy. But like his leadership ability is just not there. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it seems that way for sure. I mean, that's one big seller, guys. We'll move on to the others. I think the Pittsburgh Pirates, Dom and I were at the Pirates game. I couldn't count the amount of times Dom said future Padre multiple times. Um, so, yeah, there's clearly a lot of sellers, uh, a lot of players to be sold in Pittsburgh. I mean, Brian Reynolds hey, is certainly hey, one of them. They just, they just need tw- they just need 23 more wins in 70 games. 23 more wins. That's all they need. It's to mathematically clinch your yeah. And my and my and my prediction's going to be right about less than 100 losses. That's all I care about. Just just hit that margin and we're good. They're going to hit it, bro. <laughs> I know. I know, but I'm 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 going to be counting down until they do it cuz it, it ain't over till it's over. Why couldn't you just pick the Orioles? <laughs> You'd be you'd be already won. <laughs> oh, because that's an obvious choice. But I I've said I've said this for the past couple of years. Baltimore yeah. is a much better team than what their record has shown for the past couple of years. I would agree for sure on that. It's just the pitching for me for Baltimore. The pirate the the Pirates are bad, but the Pirates will go on these stretches where they play competent baseball. Yes. They play tough too. Uh huh. Honestly. The Pirates, and they've used their closer, David Bednar, pretty often. Um, in fact, Tommy, we saw him. Um, so, yeah, yeah, the Pirates play tough. What about the Reds? Reds going to be sellers? Votto? 100%. India? Yeah. Anybody? They, they have to be. They have to be. Or do they tank There's... this for a draft pick? I, mean, I think, I think they keep India, but there otherwise is no, not. There is no tank <laughs> is not is there no tanking? Well, no, because the, the, top six, the top six are a lottery now. Remember, we covered that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. So there, right. there is no tanking now. Good point. Good point. I forgot the, about that. The only that. guys are going to keep besides, like, Hunter Green are Tyler Stevenson and Jonathan India. I think everyone else is sellable. Not Votto. You don't think Votto? Uh, oh, yeah, Votto. The contract's too big, and he's just not the player he once was. How about has, How about the Nationals? Sellers? Nelson Cruz is going to go bye-bye. I think Cruz will go bye-bye. I agree with Dom. Cruz has to go. Uh, yeah. That's Josh Bell, too. What's that? Joshua Bell. Um, you think Josh Bell? Traded. He's going to get traded, too. Oh, yeah. He's on a great he, year. He, he's, got, he's, yeah, he's got great trade value. Switch hitter guy. A lot of power. Good con, sure. good, good average. Great average was, this year. So I was going to want him. Okay. Okay. So we just listed a bunch of sellers. Now reverse the role. Buyers. Shout out a team that you think will buy. Cardinals. Cardinals. Padres. Yeah, that's, that's a good biased. one. That's a, one. Um, I had. Well, I already said mine. I said. I, I said. I said Mets. I agree with Anthony on the Mets. I got a dark horse as well. Brewers. Yeah. Okay. Well, I at, said, at, at, 
as, as soon as either the Cardinals or the Brewers make a move, the other team's going to make a bigger move, and that that's just going to turn into an arms race. Same thing with the Mets and Braves. Someone's going to make a move, and it's going to turn into an arms race for the division. They're that do, close right now. Do I dare say the White Sox? Or no? No, I could see that. They have had injuries. They're going to try and maybe trade a couple pieces for a couple. They I can might. see the White Sox. They Me might. too. The, the one team I genuinely cannot put a pulse on are the Philadelphia Phillies. I was going to say maybe maybe I, I would lean Byers. I, I genuinely can't figure it out. They're hovering around 500. They're in a tough division. There's still a chance that they could make the postseason as a wild card team. Mm -hmm. But you, you just don't know. Bryce Harper's hurt. They went on that insane streak when they fired Joe Girardi, and they're coming back down to earth now. <laughs> so there's yes. – I I really don't know what they're going to do. It feels weird to say they're not going to do anything because of the position they're in. Yeah. But it, yeah. Feels, even, it, it feels even weirder to say they're going to be sellers because they're, they have shown flashes of what they can be. They're just not consistent enough in order to make it happen right now. Sure. And Bryce Harper's hurt, so that that hurts. All right. So uh, aside from all, so those teams, any other teams that will be buyers before we move on? No buyers. No more. Uh, the Ma I, I could see the Mariners buying. Mariners. Okay. So that's a good one, actually. I like I like that Mariners uh, choice. Well, on that note. Um, there is some uh, some picks to be made, bros of the week, series of the week, and we'll get to um, the trivia and uh, Jeff's free pick of the week, sponsored by Live Sports Traders, which he's looking to go on a two-week winning streak. First things first, the bro of the week. Dom, shout out the bro of the week, will you? Give me Corey Seager. On the Texas Rangers, I like him now that he's on that team and not the LA Dodgers. Past 21 ABs has been popping off five bombs. He's now in the home run derby, so that's going to be pretty cool. Nine ribbies, 429 average, slugging 1,143, six walks, only two strikeouts. Uh, yeah, he's been absolutely insane. It's the Corey Seager, even though it's a weak span, that Texas has been hoping for uh, desperately. So. I love it. Corey Seager for sure. Um, series of the week, guys. That's going to be a um, quite the quite the uh, weekend, and there's a lot of great series to choose from. But aside from the obvious ones, uh, we're going to go a little bit bolder here uh, for Jeff and Anthony. What do you guys say? I'm going to say the Rays and the Orioles, which would sound like a joke earlier in the season or for the past, I don't know, eternity. But this is a series that, honestly, both teams need to win. The Orioles need to win it to establish, hey, we actually do have a chance of making the playoffs. This isn't just a ridiculous fluke we're going on right now. And the Rays need to win it to say, hey, we're not about to take fifth place to the Baltimore Orioles. <laughs> so th th this is do or die for both teams, but especially for Tampa. If they drop, if they drop this series, they're going to be in some really hot water. Totally. So that's a good um, that's a good pick, Anthony. You got one or no, or is Je is Jeff uh, on the same boat? I want to go Marlins Phillies just because of the fact that, you know, 
it, it goes hand in hand. It's like kind of like the equals of like the AL to the NL. It's like, you uh-huh. know, the Orioles were a team that no one thought would be in this prison, but here they are. Same goes for the Marlins, and you had the Phillies and the Rays, two teams that were supposed to have better records, and yet here they are kind of less than five games above 500. So it's like right. it's going to be important for them to win these series, either one of these teams, as we near the end of the first half of the season. Perfect. Love the pick. All right, with that all noted, guys, we have a um, trivia question. If uh, if we're ready for that, yes. we, have, yeah. we yes. have Anthony doing it this week. So what do you got, Anthony? All right, so this Monday is the 2022 Home Run Derby. It will be in good old Los Angeles. And since StatCast was introduced in 2015, can you guys name the player who has – hit the longest home run in the derby. The reason why I say it is because you guys you guys only get one pick only. The person who did it is competing this year. Oh, who then my... F- well, that's a great hint because uh, the pick I was going to say was wrong. Yeah, I, I, I gave yeah, you that I, one hand. I, so you guys have... You I guys was going to say Stan. All right, that so... Was good, I guess. No, that so, was... Well, he's not playing. Yeah, I know, but that, that was going to be my guess before. Is that. it not Pete Alonso with 480 feet in Coors Field last year? Wrong, but good guess, Tommy. I gotta think about it. Not Pete Alonso. Wow. The longest home run in the Derby? That means he played in it before. Juan Soto. Yep. Bang. Yeah. It went 521 in Coors. That makes sense. Juan Soto. Perfect. My first. I was gonna say Albert Pujols for a second, and I was like, he must have done it way back in the past. But then I, but then I remember I remember Coors Field, and I remember that was a, uh, that was quite the Derby, last year at Coors. We were we got a we we got a really good treat, last year at Coors Field, for that Derby. That was fun, to watch just in general. Anthony, that was good. <laughs> and and and, ju- and just realized that it still doesn't come close to Mickey Mantle's longest. What was it? Five hundred sixty-five feet. Oh. <sighs> My God, isn't that something? Yeah. Isn't that something? That du- that dude was a ridiculous talent. I would love to see that if I could. Unfortunately, we we can't. But that, but that is really something to admire. Five sixty-five. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't I can't get over that. Like that's that's crazy. Unbelievable. But either way, um, we have some picks to make before Jeff's free pick of the week. Um, the home run derby. First of all, shout out the the, the seeds. Uh, Kyle Schwarber is the first seed, believe it or not. Pete Alonso number two, Corey Seager number three, Juan Soto as we mentioned before, and Anthony's question number four. Um, is that Jose Ramirez? Yes, it is number five, and Julio Rodriguez number six, Ronald Acuna Jr. seven, and Albert Pujols at number eight. So it goes one eight four five two seven and three six are the matchups. Which means Kyle Schwarber plays Albert Pujols, who quite honestly is the top seed only because he had a, such a hot late June, early July, of home uh, runs and home runs. Do I don't? Do we want to go through that one, or just pick a winner of the whole Derby? I already got my winner of the whole Derby, so I might as well just state that. Dom already called Alonzo last Tuesday, if I remember three correctly. Three Pete, baby. Dom's calling for an Alonzo three Pete. Um, we got that one. 
I don't. I'm sorry. There's 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 a couple I can't I can't pick here. Quite a few actually that I can't pick, and Pete's not one of them. You know what? Let's make a really bold prediction here. I'm gonna go Corey Seager. Corey Seager? I'm gonna go Corey Seager. See, he was one of the people that I couldn't pick because he he can't um, because he I don't I know I know he's got 21 or whatever it is on the season, but. Corey Seager's not the guy that I would expect to be a home run hitter consistently, like 21. He's an extra base uh, guy to me. Yeah, no, but look, I mean, some, sometimes your swing is just really working on that day, and mm -hmm. sometimes it's those guys who typically lace those doubles who, who end up winning it. They just get a nice swing, or whoever's pitching to them knows just where to throw it, and they're able to do it on that night. I think it it's going to happen for Corey Seager. All right, that's a bold one. Anthony, who are you picking to win the Derby? I'm going to go with a little sleeper. I'm going to go with uh, Mr. Albert Pujols. You know, Ooh. we all know this man's retiring, and, you know, why not? You know, I don't, you know, you, you'd hope that he would go out on top as a Cardinal and win the championship. Can it happen? Possibly. But, you know, I, th I think it'd be nice. You know, you're on one of the biggest stage in baseball and in Dodger Stadium. Why not? Why not go out with a bang? And he could do it. I mean, you know. It's just BP. It's like if you, that's really the thing about it. You're just trying to just crank it out. It's, it's not, you know, he can do it. He's a pro. So as if he is a professional hitter, that is for sure. Uh, he might want a nap after the first round, though. <laughs> Probably. No, absolutely no disrespect to the man, but I, I don't know if he's gonna have it in him to go the distance. I genuinely Ooh. don't. Okay. This is a hard one for me, guys. I, I, I'm gonna. I like Alonzo a lot, but I, I can't back Soto for a lot of reasons. Batting average alone, you know, just not the same. I fact, I like, you know, it is Dodger Stadium. This is a place that, you know, most of the National League players are gonna be very familiar with. Obviously, just they know the place really well. Corey Seager, I think picking Seager. If you're gonna pick Seager. Um, that would be one of my reasons if you had to make an argument for him. I, I like that behind it, too, because it is a, a stadium that he's quite familiar with. I'm going to have to go. I have to. I See, my thing is I've never seen a guy three-peat. I've never seen a guy win. Who, has there been a guy to win three in Until a row? Until this Monday. What's that? Until, no. Well, I'm being realistic. Like the past in history. Has there been anyone to win th three in no. a row? No. Not three in a row. See, that's hard for me. I mean, I know it's a home run derby, and I can't factor in the home run numbers on the season because I know that's not so indicative of what's going on. But I, I genuinely don't. This is hard. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna, uh, I'm just gonna take Alonzo as the as my most realistic one. I, I would say Soto, but I'm gonna give it to Alonzo. I, I think it's much yeah. harder to hit a home run in Dodger Stadium in right field than it is to left. So. I'm going to give it to Soto. Or, sorry, to Alonzo. Pete Alonzo is just going to become the Joey Chestnut of the MLB home run derby. <laughs> yeah, I I just, I, I mean, I know Dodger Stadium a little bit to where, you know, I think it is easier to hit one to left field. Am I wrong? Hit a home run to left as it is to right. It's very much like Fenway a little bit in that aspect. Obviously not as the same dimensions, but similar yeah, in the it, sense that. I, I, th I think that sounds about right. Ooh, a home run derby in Fenway sounds amazing. <laughs> but but uh it sounds ridiculous but i mean in exactly. right field but a, but a right field in dodger stadium is i think further 
if I can recall um, from my memory of, of watching Dodger games all the time. Um, I think so, yeah. yeah. I got to give it to Alonzo for that read. The right-handed hitter has to take it for me. Um, so I'm going to go with Dom on that pick. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the right-handed side. But I'm not picking it because it's Pete Alonzo. I'm picking it because it's a right-handed hitter in a – and I think a right in a hitter's park for right-handed hitters. Um, but then again, I can totally see Soto pulling quite a few uh, the other way too. It'll be a good, it'll be a good competition regardless. But Acuna is also no. I wouldn't sleep on Acuna either. This is gonna be a good derby regardless, guys. I like it without a doubt. I mean, this is gonna be a fun one. But it, it's gonna be mainly, I think, the Pete show for the first at least couple rounds. But his, I think his first round is going to be harder, the hardest one. He's playing Acuna in the first round. And I also think, too, I, I also think I know he's going to go off front, but, you know, he is putting pressure on himself, you know. He is the back-to-back champ. He is kind of talking a lot of smack, or he's hmm. kind of hyping himself up, as he should. You know, you, you, I, I've, said this, I've said this recently, right? You're, you're your own biggest supporter. But he's putting a lot of pressure on himself to kind of do something that hasn't been done. So... Yeah, that's very true, you know, and uh, something definitely to factor in regarding pressure and all that kind of stuff in Dodger Stadium. And no Dodgers are playing the Derby, which I find very fascinating this year. Uh, but either way, that's going to be that's going to be a fun one on Monday, and I'm sure we will be uh, ready for it. All-Star Games Tuesday, so we're going to be very excited for that. Uh, free pick of the week, Jeff. Are we ready for that one? Yes, sir. We are going to go with, on Saturday, the Mariners against the Rangers. We'll be picking the Mariners that game. All right. I love it. As always. Money line as always. All right. The Mariners over the Rangers. That's going to be um, a good contest. I told Jeff. I gave my little, my little opinion. I told Jeff. I said, I said, Jeff, take the game where Corbin's pitching on, on Friday. And he likes this game better. He likes the Mariners over the Rangers. I do, I do like that game better, and I, I also do try and stay away from the Friday games. I know I've said this before, but I try and stay away from the Friday games for the people that take the picks and maybe get it later in the day, so that way they have time to listen to the podcast and get to it. When I, when, when I do do a Friday pick, and I have done it once or twice, I'll typically do it for like a 9 or 10 o'clock start time just to make sure everybody has enough time in order to get that pick in there. Look at this guy. He's all prepared. I mean, I, he, I look out for people. I look out for everyone. He's I try always, my best. He's always prepared. I mean, that's that's what it comes down to, and we love Jeff for that. So that's the free pick of the week. That's the Mariners over the Rangers uh, on Saturday. So that should be uh, quite the game. Um, and that's really uh, – I know I always screw up at the end to where we always miss something, but is there anything we missed? Uh, I know we're probably going to probably – or I'll probably recap it, but uh... – Monday night, episode one of The Captain comes out. Oh, yeah. I, ho- I hope you goons watch it because you know I will. It's, Ooh, it's, a- it's, it's after the home run. Derby okay, fight. okay, 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 okay. So I don't know. like, I, and, and that's why I was like, because I remember it's like August, July 18th, and I'm like, and then, I, and then like I saw my phone, I'm like, wait a minute. So like I don't know if they're trying to do this thing where it's like you want people to tune in, and then after it, they watch it. So like, but I don't know how that'll work because the derby does take a while. So I don't know. So I don't know what's going to happen, but we'll see. I'm sorry. I kind of just lost my train of thought. It's all good. Wow. That's, um, that's incredible. So that's, 
Well, Anthony's reacting to a live uh, game score as we're recording the podcast, so that's that's really cool. But uh, what just happened in the Yankee game? But uh, either way, so that's going to be really something with the home run derby on Monday, and as Anthony said, with the Jeter doc uh, coming. Anthony, I was surprised you didn't want to try and make an attempt to go to Yankee Stadium for the uh, for the uh, for the showing they had the uh, what was it the little premiere for the for the for the uh, documentary. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, like my my work <laughs> has like tickets. I was like, ooh, I should probably see if I can go to this because I I did want to go. I was wondering I, I, about I, that. I I would have I would have made the drive down to go watch the first two episodes. That 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 would have been pretty sick. I should have done that honestly, low key. I should have just done it. Should have took a half day off work, drive to Yankee Stadium. Yeah, I'm kind of, yeah. Now I'm actually pissed on myself. I really should have done that. And I didn't care if anyone didn't even go with me. I would have went by myself. <laughs> well, there I you didn't go. Care. See my so, idol. Really care. Yeah. And, and, it, and it wouldn't even be. It's, and it wasn't gonna be a packed. It wasn't even gonna be packed either. Mm-hmm. It just yeah. I mean, that's that's crazy. Uh, so it's going to be out Monday regardless. So everyone's going to get a chance to watch it and all that kind of good stuff. So everyone will get to watch the captain after the home run derby. And then Tuesday will be the uh, All-Star game. So that will be really exciting. And just recapping for next week, Tuesday is the All-Star game, as I said. I don't know if we're going to live stream the All-Star game and have a little fun. I don't know yet. We'll have to figure that out. But... Um, of how many of us will be here. I have, I have no clue on any of that. We'll figure all that out eventually this weekend probably. But Orioles-Yankees is this weekend. We will be there Saturday for that too. The whole podcast here will next be going. Weekend. Next, next weekend. I'm sorry, next weekend. You said, you said this weekend. <laughs> I, keep think, I keep thinking it is the weekend already. That's, that's yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited too. I'm excited too. I really want to go. Well, no, because it is the weekend now. I was thinking to – I was thinking. Oh, uh, well, yeah. yeah. July yeah. 23rd, Yankees at Orioles. Uh, we will all be there that next Saturday. Um, and that should be that should be really fun, and the whole podcast will be there in Baltimore, Maryland. So, should be fun, and uh, that's kind of the week we have coming up. And Anthony and I will be in Yankee Stadium for uh, Saturday and Sunday, so that should be that should be really cool as well for two Yankee Red Sox games. So unique experience, as we already talked about on here before. So we'll be back here on uh, Tuesday in tu- on Tuesday in some form. I'm not sure how we're going to do that yet, but we will be here. Uh, either, uh, again, we'll we'll probably post something on social media as to how we're going to do this on Tuesday with the All-Star game going. Um, we'll figure something out. But either way, we will see you then, and we hope you have a great weekend. Let's go Mariners! For Tommy Franks, Jeff Wilkinson, Anthony Colasano, and Dom DeRosa, we will see you all then. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Swing the Twig podcast. If you really love this show, please give us a five-star review and be sure to subscribe. If you have any questions, comments, thoughts, or concerns, email the podcast at swingthetwig at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on social media, go to our Instagram at swingthetwigpod, or you can go on Twitter at swingtwig.